Welcome to the French Wedding Podcast with your host Naim, the only podcast in English about weddings in France. Great conversations, tips and insights about your French wedding, some wisdom before your big day, and the opportunity to hear wedding professionals actually living and working in France, only for your day to be the most amazing to remember. Hello everyone and welcome to the French Wedding Podcast. Greetings from France, this is the place we're recording this show. I'm Naim, professional ceremony officiant based in my hometown Paris and I created this show especially for future brides and grooms willing to get married in Paris or anywhere in France. Each episode is an occasion to meet a main actor of the industry, can be a vendor such as a wedding planner, hair and makeup artist, bridal salon, videographer, venue owner, bloggers, you name it. This show exists to bring you some insight about how people do things in France regarding the wedding industry, but we also share funny stories, things to know, and special memories when we happen to work together on the very same wedding. Today is a special one, as it's going to be a takeover episode hosted by a very good friend of mine, Crystal, aka Miss Paris Photo, and also her partner, Claudine Hemingway. Besides being an amazing wedding photographer, Crystal also hosts the show La Vie Creative that you can find in the show notes. This is a show about the artistic life in Paris where Crystal chats every week with a different creative who lives in France. And she also creates special episodes about historic figures in France with Claudine Hemingway. And I'm lucky enough to have both of them on the show today. So without further delay, please welcome Crystal and Claudine on the French Wedding Podcast. All right, guys, welcome to the show. I'm here with Claudine Hemingway, and we are doing a takeover for the French Wedding Podcast, uh, normally hosted by Naim, who I am a huge fan of, not just because of this podcast, but actually he helps me with my podcast, uh, La Vie Creative, and also Paris History Amica Hemingway with Claudine. So he edits, he's helped me, he's kind of coached me through podcasting. He is a wonderful guy, and I'm so honored to be a part of his show today. So me and Claudine are going to chat a little bit today about our top three chateaus for getting married in France. And these chateaus are not only beautiful, historic, and tourist destinations today, but you can also get married in them today as well. Like If, you, if you have the money, if you have the wedding, get married here because these three are really beautiful and very easy to access from Paris. So I'll have Claudine chat a little bit about the three we're going to talk about today and then you can make all your wedding dreams come true. Yeah, I um, we picked uh, three of kind of our favorite ones. So we have Chateau Volivicomte, Fontainebleau, and the Chateau de Chantilly, which are three amazing chateaus that even if you're not getting married, you should go check them out as well. Definitely. Tourist destinations too. And maybe you can kind of... Uh you know, dream of your, your Cinderella fantasy wedding there because they're all like epic castles. So epic. So the first one um, I chose because it is one of my very favorites is the Volivicomte. And Volivicomte is a um, small chateau, if you want to call it that, in comparison to, you know, the big brother of Versailles and all of those. Um, it's just 34 miles southeast of Paris. And the story of Chateau Volivicomte is so amazing because it is all about Nicolas Fouquet, who was a 26-year-old superintendent of finance for Louis XIV, and he decided to build this chateau. 
he did have to destroy two towns to create it. But, you know, there's, I guess that happens. So <laughs> no big deal. I mean, yeah. these things happen. <laughs> these things happened back then. But so he ended up building this chateau and he um, went to go find the best people he could have to work on it. So he picked architect Louis Laveau, landscape architect Andre Lenotre, and painter designer Charles Lebrun. And those are all very big names. So it, it basically also kicked off the Louis the Fourteenth style. So um, he built this amazing chateau on August 17, 1661. He held a huge party for Louis the Fourteenth. Had him come out there. He had Moliere performing a play. He had Jean de La Fontaine. He had Francois Vitel, who was a um, one of the great chefs at the time, and had this huge party. There was fireworks. There was everything. Louis the Fourteenth came, saw this, thought, hmm. This is costs a lot of money. Where'd you get all this money? And also, this place is pretty beautiful and amazing. So a couple weeks later, um, Louis the Fourteenth decides to arrest Fouquet, oh. throw him in jail, and basically stay in the jail for the rest of his life. But Louis the Fourteenth goes and he takes his architect, his landscape designer, and his painter, and says, "Oh, there's this little place." outside of Paris that belonged to my, you know, grandpa that is really cute. And I want to make it bigger. We know it now as Versailles. Wow. So this place basically inspired the building of Versailles. Yes. So you could, in 1875, Olivier Comte was purchased by the DeVoe family. And they, it's been in their family ever since then. And since um, 1968, they opened it up to the public. And the gardens outside of here are just phenomenal. There's a pond that has a big gold gilded um, crown in it, which is pretty stunning. But the, the the gardens just stretch out and they just go on forever. And it was Andre Lenotra's one of his favorite things that he had done. So since the family has owned it and it is privately owned, you can go in there and you could rent it. So you could go from having the smallest place, p- room in the in the entire chateau the cabinet de jus for 12 people or you could book the entire property i like that you have options you have options if you want to just have a small intimate wedding of 12 people you could do that or you could buy the whole property or purchase it and um and i'm sure it is a lot of money but you know you only get married once <laughs> I mean, and also I feel like it won't be as much money as it would be in America uh, because I find a lot of things in France are much cheaper comparatively when it comes to weddings. It's almost shocking. It's like, wow, because weddings, we pay so much in the States. Oh, yeah. So even though I'm sure this is expensive, it's probably not as bad as having a castle in Pennsylvania, for example. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it was just, um, you know, and the, if you've ever watched the TV show Versailles, which is going to come up a couple times in this uh, in this episode, um, but the TV show Versailles was really well done. It just um, completed, I think, like last year. But they use Volavicomte a lot of times for the interior scenes, Think you know, to it's supposed to be Versailles. Mm -hmm, it's privately owned easier to film yeah it's way easier to film um but the chateau itself is just absolutely amazing the family has done an amazing job on updating it and restoring it and it's really you you have this one main room i'm sure you've taken pictures in there but there's this one main room like you could get married in that overlooks the garden has these beautiful um you know trompe l'oeil painted uh, all the way around it it has busts and statues and paintings and you could have you could basically book the whole entire place and have your wedding there 
It's huge. And like you said, it's absolutely gorgeous. As a wedding photographer, I'm dying to shoot a wedding there. So if anyone plans to get married there anytime soon, call me (laughs) because I've only gotten to shoot it as myself. And wow, it is very beautiful and not far from Paris. So your guests and yourself can enjoy Paris well before and after your wedding. Yeah, it's great. They have, and they also have, they have 12 um, different um, spaces that you could book out for. So, I mean, you really can have, you could have up to 350 people. Obviously, if you take the whole location, you could have a lot more. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, everything about it is absolutely beautiful. And if you have that, if you want to have that fairy tale um, chateau wedding in Paris, this is the number one place to do it because it is privately owned. You get so, you could, you, there's so many ways that you could make that work for you. You can do whatever you want, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen beautiful footage of people like flying in on helicopters and they put candles all across the garden and make outdoor seating. I mean, it's just the sky is the limit with this place. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about Louis the Fourteenth getting upset and throwing you in jail. Yeah, we're past that. <laughs> I feel a little bad for that guy, but not really since he destroyed two towns to put it there. Yeah, but he didn't. It was found later that it, it didn't have anything to do with um, him taking money from Louis the Fourteenth to have it built. Oh, so really he just wanted him gone. Yeah, he just went. Well, Louis the Fourteenth was a little bit jealous about things and he didn't want anybody to show him up. But, you know, it's, it's uh, interesting that it was before Versailles. So mm-hmm. Versailles was just this tiny hunting lodge. And then because basically he goes to Folleville Comte and sees this, you know, beautiful place that Fouquet creates, he just thinks, hmm, I guess I should make my own. Yeah. And bigger. <laughs> bigger is better. Bigger is better. So the other, the second one, um, one of my favorites is Fontainebleau, which is 34 miles southeast of Paris. Again, very easy to get to. And uh, the Fontainebleau uh, Chateau goes back to the Middle Ages. And it's mentioned as far back as 1132. And it has been known um, as the true dwelling of the kings. And it is known that because basically most of all the kings of France after Francois Premier had lived there at one point. So Francois Premier decided when he came back to to. Uh, France after he was um, captured in Spain, he comes back and he decides that he really loves this because it's, you know, Fontainebleau, if you know it, you also know of the forest and it's surrounded by 50,000 acres of forest. Wow. And so he'd like to go out there and he liked to spend his time hunting and, you know, the pleasure gardens and all of this stuff. And so he thought this is, you know, a really great place. I'm going to, you know, build this up. So they had um, at what the arts only a small part of it remains from the original Chateau of the uh, Middle Ages, and they've totally incorporated it into the hotel. You wouldn't really notice it um, except for like the outside from an inner courtyard. Mm-hmm. But from Francois I to Napoleon III, each of them have added touches onto the chateau and added on wings and staircases. And there's every style from Renaissance to Louis the Fifth. Louis Philippe style. That's wild. I mean, I love that everything is mixed in in one place. So if you're really looking for somewhere that everyone's been involved in history, I think this would be your place. Yeah. And it's another one of those really fantastic places that you should definitely go visit. That's not going to have the traffic of Versailles. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they had the most furniture from that period as well, right? Yeah, it was, um, for the most part, it was kind of uh, left untouched during the revolution. And then because it's been redone so many times, um, you know, no, Francois, the, Francois Primaire and Napoleon Bonaparte and Napoleon III were the ones that definitely made the most changes to it. And because mm-hmm. Napoleon, the Napoleons were after the revolution, you have a lot of that stuff still remaining. It's a beautiful place. I love just going and walking around the gardens and the forest. And I mean, they also have a great market and a great city there. So if you just want like a little weekend getaway, maybe you could renew your vows there. I mean, there's so many options. Yeah, it's it's so beautiful. And it's again, it's very um, quiet. It's uh, you don't have I mean, I went the last time I went there. um, I think maybe I saw two or three people in the chateau at the same time as me. Oh, yeah, it's never busy. It's not like Versailles where it's crazy lines and crazy tour groups. Like that's why I prefer this place is because it's, there's no one there. Yeah, and <laughs> so you the, really have it. And then, I mean, for me, it's like, I love that there's just so much history. Like you could, you could walk into one room that, and you see all the F's on the, on the wall, you know, carved out in wood because that was what Francois Premier did. And then you go to another place and it's Napoleon. So you really get to walk through these multi, multi, um, you know, centuries of all of these great, you know, what these kings of France and what they left behind. I love it. It's definitely worth a visit. And also, if you want to get married in a castle in France, here's a place, guys. That you is, can, you will not be uh, sad about getting married there for no, sure. No, no. And it, you know, it, in and of itself, it has seen its own weddings and it's seen the births of future kings. Um, and it also saw the abdication of Napoleon on April 11th, 1814. And if you go there just for a visit, you could walk through and they still have the table and the chair set up exactly how it was in the room when he signed his papers to abdicate from France. That's so wild. Yeah. So you really walk you through a lot of history. Um, but, you know, you could get married in there, too. They have seven different venues, including the theater Imperial which um, I have not seen yet because it was closed for years for a uh, renovation. But Napoleon III had built this um, built this theater and it's just like absolutely beautiful and stunning. And you could actually have your wedding in the theater. Uh, okay, I'm rethinking my wedding in Italy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just go on over to Fountain <laughs> Yeah, you know, I am an event planner too. I could plan that for you. Yeah, exactly. Bring bring the team, your American team to France. Yeah, but there's, uh, <laughs> there's also the Chapelle de la Trinité and you could get married in there as well. Um, but there's also the gardens and the grounds. It is open to the public, so but the grounds are huge. Um, you would have to bring in, you know, some tenting and some stuff like that, but there's so much space. I mean, you could be getting married on one part of the grounds and nobody would even see you. Oh, I love everything about this. And once again, if you don't want to pay to rent an entire castle as a photographer, I know many people just do like a little like efficient thing in the garden and, you know, very small group or even like yeah. a bow renewal. These are all great locations because the gardens are huge and you could easily do that with an efficient. Yeah, I mean, it's so beautiful. Um, inside the Chapelle de la Trinité was, um, that's inside Fontainebleau, um, was built under Francois I, and it was designed um, a lot like Saint-Chapelle in a way where it has the upper balcony. Um, mm-hmm. that the king, you know, could come in and, and walk out onto the balcony and, and do his, you know, church service without having to mix with the little, you know, the commoners. <laughs> I love it. I don't think there's probably a lot of commoners <laughs> at Fontainebleau. But again, yeah. that TV show Versailles, 
Um, if you ever watch that TV show and they have any sort of a scene that's in a chapel, it's always this one that's in Fontainebleau. So um, it's always fun to see those where like, hey, wait, I know that. And it's, I mean, the the chapel is beautiful. It doesn't have, you know, like uh, Saint-Chapelle with all the stained glass, but it is absolutely beautiful and stunning. Mm, I believe it. Yeah, I haven't, I don't think I've seen the chapel. And now you're making me want to go in the theater. Like yeah. this sounds, I mean, it was closed. So everybody, let's go check out the theater when the borders are open again. <laughs> I know, we'll all go. We'll do it. We'll take you on a tour. Um, yes. But they have so many spaces. There's the Gallery de Cerf, which is the stag gallery, was per- was built in 1600. It was redone in 1640. It has the um, the ceiling that's like the wood slats that are all painted which are very hard to find these days, um, especially in Paris. You can't, there's only a few places that you could find this where it was this, you know, it was basically from the 1640s and they would decorate like painstakingly decorate each and every slat of the boards that were up on the ceiling. And you could have up to 350 people in there. And I could just picture like the most perfect uh, fall wedding with like the gorgeous, you know, deep red, flowers and just it would be just candles lots lots and lots of candles yeah just stunning oh i love it yeah and our last one is the chateau de chanty and for those of you that know creme chanty this is it (laughs) (laughs) this is where whipped cream comes from guys this is where whipped cream comes from that's pretty much all we have to say no just kidding (laughs) (laughs) the end get married there yeah, uh, but the original chateau was built in 1560 by Anne de Montmorency, and he served under Francois the First and all the way up to Charles the Ninth. And so he had this chateau built, uh, but then in the Revolution it was destroyed. So in 1875, the fifth son of Louis the Philippe, Henri de Orleans, um, had it rebuilt, and so he w- basically kind of a lot of it in the same style, in the Renaissance style. I mean, you would never look at that chateau and think it's from 1875. No, no, no. So he had it all rebuilt. He had the chateau rebuilt. He had the grounds. He had the stable restored, which um, Chanty is really known. Um, that area is, uh, is known for their horses. They have, um, I believe they have a horse racing track nearby. Uh, so if you if you love horses, you should go out there. But you can get married in their stables. In, the, in their stables. In their stables. And the stable is huge. This isn't, we're not talking, you know, it's covered with hay and there's other, <laughs> other stable-like things that you have to deal with. <laughs> no, but, this is more like a, a, an event center. <laughs> exactly. Very fancy. Um, it dates back to 1719 when on the request of Louis Henri, the Duc de Bourbon, um, Prince of Condé, he believed that he thought he was going to be reincarnated as a horse. So he wanted to, he asked Jean Aubert to design a stable that would be worthy for, you know, the Duc de Bourbon to come back as a horse. Wow. I, that just made that so much better. I know. I mean, that just, I mean, just let's all think about what we're going to be coming back as. <laughs> um, but he had this you know, beautiful, um, it's, it's, it's massive. It's very huge. And during that time, they've had events in there that um, for Louis the 15th, the Tsar Paul the first, the Frederick the second of Prussia, just huge. I mean, you could go and have your wedding in the same place that all of those people did. Um, and it's just, it's massive and it's just absolutely beautiful. 
Yeah, and I love the gardens. Once again, here, all these chateaus come with amazing gardens. And also, just if you go to visit, like you said, it's very much like an equestrian center. They have horse racing. They have horse tricks, like the horses do shows. And it's right next to the castle, so you can go in there and watch the horse shows. And, um, I mean, it's just an amazing place. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And you could actually have, like, they have indoor space. Of these three, they have the largest indoor space that you could have. So you could have up to 700 people. And wow. some of their spaces, there's the smaller spaces you could go from anywhere from 50 to 600 people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, the, when the, um, when he passed away, he ended up leaving the entire place to the Institut de France, you know, my favorite building on the other side of the Pont des Arts with the dome, uh-huh. de France. so he ended up leaving the entire building everything in it, his content of his massive book collection, his art collection, everything. Um, he left it all to them and said that it had to be kept the same way. So inside, inside the Chateau, there's the Musée de Condé, which is the, which is one of the largest art collections in France after the Louvre. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. So it's, it's huge. And you, there's like the ma- French and Italian masters as Fran Angelico and Anton Voiteau, Nicholas Poisson, Raphael, everything. And you could get married amongst all of them. This is 10 times better. And I, oh, that's one of my favorite rooms in the castle too. It's, it's wow. That room, it does remind me of the Louvre because the walls are just covered yeah. in paintings. Yeah. It, yeah. If you want to see what the Louvre looked like before the Louvre is what it is today, go there because it literally is like floor to ceiling paintings. They really, they're not hung in any rhyme or reason. They were left with his intent that they cannot change. It has to leave. It has to be, you know, it's not like he has the, this is the room of the Italian masters. It's just kind of all over the place and the paintings can never leave. So they can never loan out these paintings to a different museum or go anywhere else. So, you know, it's definitely for an, um, an art aficionado. It's definitely a place to go see as well. Yeah. That would be the place to get married. If you love art horses and you know 800 people 700 people you want to invite to your wedding yeah i mean this is that, your venue that, uh, one room that's red the walls are red mm-hmm. and i could just imagine like a small wedding in there and again lots and lots of candles and it would just be stunning well that's what great what's great about all three of these castles is they have different packages for the amount of people you want and the amount of space you need. So don't feel like you have to rent an entire castle and it's impossible to get married in these places. Really, you can also do it by renting a smaller version of any of these. Yeah. You don't have to be Kim Kardashian and rent Versailles. <laughs> she wanted to get married in France, but they have the whole rule about 90 days to make it actually legal here. So she oh. went to Italy. Oh. Yeah. She just like, took a picture in front of the Louvre yeah. and then she went on over to Italy and married yeah. Kanye. I'm well, they, that I know yeah, and I think they did, they did something in Versailles, but I don't think they, um, they couldn't do a whole big thing there. I think they just had like a reception, like a, you know, outside cocktails or something. Yeah. Like the, the pre-wedding dinner at Versailles or something. Yeah. Yeah. Must be nice. Um, yeah. But yes. Having Kim Kardashian's money. I know that would be <laughs> Um, but Shanti was open in 1898 for people to come and visit. So, you know, it's been open for quite a long time, um, as the, as the art museum and the chateau and the stables, um, you could, uh, you know, you could get married in all of the rooms of the, you know, you could book even just one of the small rooms of the painting of the, of the museum. 
Um, wow. You could book all of the three rooms. Um, you could book, you know, you could kind of do whatever you want, which is like you said, it's so great with these places that, you know, if you've always had that dream to get married in the Chateau, but you don't have, you know, $20,000, you know, mm-hmm. you can do it for much less expensive, you know, take your nearest and dearest closest friends and what better way to drink some champagne. I was going to say that is, that's a wedding right there in a castle in France and affordable. <laughs> you could do it. So anyone can get a castle. Yeah. And there's lots of, I mean, Versailles, you can get married at Versailles. Um, it would just cost you a lot of money. And, you know, if, uh, if Kim couldn't do it, then uh, <laughs> just think of how much money that is. <laughs> yeah, because you also have to remember that Versailles is so well known and there's so many visitors. The three castles we talked about today, people don't really know about them and they are visited, but not like Versailles. And that is why they are much more affordable and much less busy. Yeah. And with, you know, and each of them have their own amazing history and story to it. So, you know, what better way to also remember your, your big day of your life than also with some of those fun stories. Definitely. So I hope you guys learned some history about these fabulous chateaus that you can still get married in today in France. So consider them and also consider listening to our podcast, La Vie Creative and Paris History at Vega Hemingway. And don't forget, you know, Claudine does do event planning and Crystal is a photographer. (laughs) Thank you for listening today. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thanks for listening guys. And good luck with all your wedding planning. Hey guys, thanks again for listening to the show today. You can find more information on our guests in the show notes, as well as my contact and my website. If you have any questions regarding your French wedding, I'm happy to help. Also, please do not hesitate to leave a review for the show. There's also a link for that. That will literally take one minute of your precious time and will mean the world to me. I always appreciate your support. Thank you again very much for your time and feedback. Wishing you a great day or a great night anywhere you are in the world. I send you some good vibrations and we'll talk to you again soon for a new episode. Bye-bye.